In the great state of Florida, it has many interesting places like Disney World, the Kennedy Space Center, and Universal Studios. But just off the outskirts of Orlando, cut off by Interstate 4, is Eatonville. This is 13 First, showing you Eatonville's education story. Eatonville was established in 1887. This is Tiffany Simmons, being part of Eatonville 1887. She let us interview her to learn more about Eatonville's history. It was originally Maitland, and Maitland was full of sharecroppers. Most of the future Eatonvillians back then before 1887 live at a place called St. John's Hole, which is called Lake Lily today. We got together with Mr. Eaton. Josiah Eaton, Eatonville's namesake, was one of the few white landowners willing to sell land to Black Americans. We were allowed to buy certain land. They were given it for us to build a Black township. But how did Eatonville's education presence occur? Julian Salamzi tells us how it all starts with Tuskegee. Tuskegee is a school down in uh, Alabama, I believe, that was started by Booker T. Washington. It was an all-Black institution back in the 1800s. What they focused on was building skill sets. It's Tuskegee University now, but what they did was pretty much the same thing down in Eatonville, Florida. So they modeled that institute, which was like private boarding teaching vocational skills, teaching skill sets for people that, you know, were good at using their hands, agriculture. Thus, the Robert Hungerford Preparatory School was built. Uh, two of the students from Booker T at Tuskegee went, came down to Eatonville and uh, created that school back in 1881. They had a, quite a few different things, so Hungerford was modeled specifically off of that. Hungerford helped lead Black youth to success, but what happened after? The land originally started as the Eatonville Normalty Industrial School, and that is ran and was donated by the townspeople, by the Blacks, because they wanted somewhere to educate their kids. So fast forward, it ran for about 20 to 30 years, and then Orange County Public Schools uh, got involved. Now, how they got involved is we have, it was a private school, and they had some people come in, as they do to all schools, no matter private or public, uh, to evaluate it. And to their standards, the school was not to their standards. But Eatonville never asked for help or anything like that. So that's how Orange County pretty much came in and kind of told us that we needed help. And we have to look at the whole picture because back then, that is when integration was a, um, was happening and the schools or the school boards had to start bringing in black schools or integrating the schools. So Orange County Public Schools had a plan that and had money to build a black school so that they can consider themselves integrated because at the time they only had Jones High School. So that never really happened. Instead, they came over to Eatonville, told us that we needed help, but in return, they pretty much took our Hungerford School and made it a part of their school. Mary Calhoun, one of Hungerford's co-founders, had a plan to keep Hungerford as a private school. But in the end, the Hungerford trustees went to the Orange County plan of making the school public. Let's bring some light to the, the Hungerford trustees at the time. They were quarter appointed. They were not voted upon and brought to by the townspeople or the town members. They were quarter appointed trustees, all white males, none of them black and none of them women. So when they say that the Hungerford trustees 
voted for Orange County to come into the school understand who the trustees were. So that is how Orange County Public Schools came into Eatonville and basically became intertwined with our schooling in their schooling. Now that we know who's in control, what exactly happened to the land? Now, we started off with about 300 acres. Now we're just down to the last 100 acre. So what happened to those other 200 acres? Well, Orange County Public Schools came in over the years and privately and secret, not secretly, but not publicly, um, sold off that land. Those land, it has Costco on it, it has Ferrari, it has Tesla, it has Puffin stuff, all on that land that was once deemed educational. But there's the last 100 that was still deemed educational due to the trust that we had on it. But in 2019, during COVID, the trust members of 2019 uh, signed a deal with Orange County Public Schools and basically um, removed the educational ramifications on the trust for a million dollars. So who had the power to keep it deemed educational was the trustees in 2019. Edwin Wright, the treasurer of the Public Charitable Trust, property and assets of the Robert Hungerford Chapel Trust, signed off on the selling of the deeds. The trustees consented that the Hungerford property would be better suited for commercial development to increase Eatonville's sales tax base and to provide health and safety services to its citizens. However, this meant that the black youth in Orange County, the intended beneficiaries of the land, would not receive the education that the residents hoped that they would get. Orange County Public Schools knew that it was supposed to be for education as well. And so they did a disservice along with the trustees. They did a backdoor deal to sign off on the um, land because the land has been often on market to be sold since like the early 2000s. So they were already trying to sell it off. So there's been plenty of times where they took the land from us and then they knew you know, certain things that about our town government and everything. So they would try to sell us the land back for like $10 million back in the early 2000s. So it's like a lot of shady things that the public school system, which is our local government, who you're supposed to trust, did. All of it was a land grab. It wasn't about the school. It wasn't about the education of, of those, you know, those black kids. It was about, we see 300 acres of land and these people won't know any better. They won't know any difference if we take it and sell it anyway. They get well over billions of dollars every year in more revenue. So it's not like, oh, they're in need, desperate need of that, you know, of that money. It's just more so of a greed thing. And this isn't the only instance of Eatonville being hurt by the government's decisions. With the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956, Interstate 4 was built. I-4 goes from Tampa to Daytona Beach with Orlando in between, but it also cuts through Eatonville. However, the city was not given an exit on or off the highway. The nearest exits are one mile away. No houses were demolished because Eatonville was uh, originally cropland. So we have a lot of land and lakes uh, around there. So it wasn't that any houses were demolished, but I will say my grandmother lives right next to it. So she lost some front yardage and all of the houses that's near it is now considered commercial property instead of residential due to the zoning. And they did try to come in and claim eminent domain, 
For context, eminent domain is the process where the government seizes private property with compensation. Because um, my grandmother wasn't giving up the yardage uh, that they were requiring without you paying for it. You can't just take it and say you need it for a highway. And you have to ask, and some people sold, some people didn't, but they were going to claim eminent domain. And that's how we were affected with the highway. And then, of course, the noise. Eatonville was a safe space for Black residents, but the large corporations that took over the land that was supposed to be used for education have started to break that down. There was a nice laundromat that you can go to and be able to get your clothes washed by a guy that actually cared about you and, and taught you how to wash and clean your clothes. And he was more like an uncle to me than just a regular person coming into his place and you want things to wash your clothes and get in and get out. No, he was actually like an uncle. When you walked to his establishment, you felt at home. You felt like you could wash your clothes and he would get to have conversations with you and you would leave. And, you know, you can't wait till the next opportunity to see him again to uh, do wash your clothes. It just felt natural, felt genuine. It felt loved, felt kind and uh, very respectful town. It was when I first came to this town, it was very respectable. You know, I still feel like there's a lot of pride still here. There's a lot of love here. But it, it's been it's been battered by people that have come like these big companies and corporations that have tried to demolish it and find ways to strip them of all the love and all the things that they've tried to, to thrive, to, to, to hold and, and keep in place. And we can help Eatonville fight for the right to their land. To learn more, you can visit the link tree in the episode description. If you like this episode, follow and rate us. I'm Viet, and this was Eatonville's story. We are working together to keep that same mission, that same goal happening because we believe just like they believe in, in a mission to, to, to have a, a strong community and uh, to a strong group of people that love and care for one another. So uh, with, with growth, uh, you learn all these things. And um, if, we, if we don't fight for it, then there will be nothing left for you to look forward to.